tags, no tags. What is up, good people? Welcome to a brand new episode of The Midnight Drop. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. If you're listening on Station Head, actually, let's get it over here. If you're listening to Station Head, that means we got the nice beats going on right now. And if you're listening to this recorded, then you're listening to the nice-ass music that we got over here. Well, I got a pre-recorded on my roadcaster, so... This is definitely different. This is a new experience I'm going to try here while on Station Head. Thanks so much for joining in. We're actually going to be doing a lot of stuff today. We're going to be having some movie reviews, talking about stuff with the MCU regarding this year, and uh, actually got to get into some movie trailers and talk about some movies that I'm kind of excited for, including Scream that actually came out today, had some really good reviews, and I want to go ahead and try to get that review up and running as soon as I can. Today wasn't the best to watch it. I don't know about tomorrow, but we'll get to it. But yeah, this is the Midnight Drop. Thanks so much for joining in, and let's continue with the beats. No more tags, no tags. then let's go ahead and get this going on if you listen again on again if you're listening on station head then you still are listening to the nice beats of outcast players ball and if you're listening to this recorded then what you just listened was the official tmd soundtrack well opening intro whatever you want to call it shout out to my guy dj no tag for making that up but let's go ahead and get into this with talking about how we doing today? I know it's been a week since we got the other episode going on, and I'm actually going to try to get more episodes out uh, every two days or so, maybe every day how I'm feeling, because I feel like my original goal was to get an episode out every week of how things are moving and how I'm feeling with everything. I actually want to start doing more episodes because I feel like number one, I feel like I'm being unproductive when I don't do that. Second, there's so many things that I want to talk about and it's just great content. And not only that, it also says a lot about, 
you know, how much determined I am to really get this up and running and provide really good content to the people who go out there and listen. So I'm, you know, this is really dope, man. I want to get out there. So be on the lookout for more episodes, actually, uh, to get through some house cleaning rules or house cleaning things, whatever you call it. Uh, the midnight drop. If you're new here, welcome. It's great to have you here on station head and on through all numerous platforms, Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, SoundCloud. Uh, if you're listening through some of the clips here on Instagram, or if you're kind of just here because you found it on just a random website, which I've seen that happen before, uh, then welcome. It's great to have someone new on here. Uh, if you want to go ahead and follow updates on the podcast, you can go ahead and go to our Instagram page, official underscore TMD podcast on Instagram, where we'll have updates, movie reviews, weekend watch list, and also top five list of any of your choosing. Um, so go ahead and follow the Instagram page for that. Also, if you want to go ahead and get more stuff going on with the podcast itself and kind of get a list of other episodes but just in a nicer setting you can go to uh the tmd official podcast website the which is www.themidnightdrop.com again that's www.themidnightdrop.com and we're gonna be having some cool content that go up goes up there so it won't be all lonely up in there and stuff uh again we're gonna be doing episodes here uh hopefully every two days or so when we have some really cool shit and also be on the lookout for new guests to come on here, probably a group setting where we're going to just having some cool conversations and stuff. Uh, I'll get in that a little bit more towards the end of the show. So you can guys can get full brief to what's going on here and how you guys can participate. And yeah, you can catch the podcast on all the platforms down in the description down below. And yes, that is everything. With that being said, how are y'all doing today? I am doing great. Today has been a very busy day uh this was my birthday week so i'm actually really happy that i was able to spend some cool time with my family and some of my co-workers and friends who were able to come down here that's real dope yes 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 and to cap off this great birthday week i thought it'd be great to do a cool episode uh before i get into everything else so that's what we're gonna do today uh Besides that, life has been really good, man. I mean, work's been cool. Life's been cool. Last weekend, I got to see a bunch of movies that I wanted to go ahead and talk about. Two of them being films that came out last year, uh, late last year, and I just didn't get, didn't get the chance to watch them. And I went on a binge on HBO Max, which if you've seen the weekend watch list, you can kind of tell what movies I was able to binge. Uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, Purge, uh, both the 300 uh, movies which was 300 and 300 rise of uh sparta i want to say it was rise of sparta rise of athens i don't know but uh and then the two other movies i saw that i'm going to be doing reviews for was licorice pizza and also uh, american underdog i'm gonna kind of breeze through american underdog because that one's a kind of a quick review and i'll save that for a little bit later but Licorice pizza. Now that's something I want to discuss. And I really wish I had somebody else to come on because my God, that, that movie, if you don't know what licorice pizza is, it is a very controversial movie right now. Well before, but now it's, it's heating up a little bit more since Oscar season is coming up. And I saw that movie and a 
good ass crowd. I saw American Underdog in a theater just by myself. I was the only person there. And I was a little bit weirded out by that because I don't like to be in places alone just by myself, including a movie theater, because you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I've seen too much horror movie shit to be in a movie theater by myself. I don't care if I get the whole theater to myself, get to put my legs up. No. Watch your ass get into the front of the movie theater and you just chilling. You like, the fuck was that? Who's out there? Like, you do not want that at all. And, and that's something I no, I was scared. So American Underdog. By myself, scared shitless. I actually stayed near the exit, so I was like, whoever's coming, I'm right there. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just checking my phone real quick. And then, uh, Licorice Pizza, I was in a the movie theater with a bunch more people. It was a really nice outing. <laughs> it was really funny with the reactions, as we'll get into. But, yeah, man, today we're going to be doing some movie reviews. We're going to be doing uh, some good old... Uh, discussions on one of the movies and also on a cool topic that I had regarding the MCU. And then later on, we're just going to be kind of just chilling, coasting off, watch some movie trailers and just talk about some things that I found interesting in life. So yeah, we're going to get into it. But first, we're going to go and play some good ass music here on Station Head. And for the others, we're going to play some cool chill music as we get everything together for our first review, our first discussion actually on Licorice Pizza. And we'll go ahead and get that together. Uh, again, if you want to go ahead and listen to the Spotify playlist, playlist I have on Station Head, download the app, the Station Head app on either uh, iTunes, not, not iTunes, the Apple Play Store or on the Google Play Store and make an account, follow the Midnight Drop, find it on the search bar, follow it. You'll get notifications and you can hear the sweet, sweet music that if I put it anywhere else, it'd be copyrighted. Like a motherfucker, you wouldn't see me anymore. But because it's on Station Head, it's like listening to a radio, but better. You don't have to listen to some bullshit-ass music. You can actually request music that you want here. It's awesome. It's great, I know. So go ahead and download the Station Head app. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our next song, which is She Knows by J. Cole featuring Amber Kaufman and the Colts. And we'll be right back with our review of Licorice Pizza. Let's get it going, guys. Oh, 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 
Yes, and that is. Let me go ahead and turn this down real quick. And that is the break here. That was she knows by Amber Kaufman, and that is also going to be cool ass chill jazz music right here. If you don't have Station Head, again, you can go ahead and download Station Head if. You want to listen to this nice Spotify playlist that we have here. Again, this is She Knows by J. Cole, and this is a killer-ass song. So I'm glad you guys can listen to it as much as I can. Uh, I really want to keep this going, but I know I got a show to run, and I got stuff to do. So we're going to have to get this going. <laughs> if you you got Spotify, too, you can listen to this to the rest of the end, man. Come on. But nah, man, if you want to go ahead and listen to that, you can go ahead and download the Station Head app. And listen to all that non-copyrighted goodness. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started with our first review slash discussion on the first movie I was able to see last weekend, which was Licorice Pizza. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's just talk about how let's just let's just set up everything uh, for this film, man. It was it, it's very interesting. And hold on, let me see if I play some background music on this. Yeah, we'll play some of this. Let's set up the setting for me coming in. So. First of all, uh, like I said before, I came into this movie after watching American Underdog, which we'll talk about later on. And talking about this film, talking about this film, uh, I really wanted to watch it. And I saw so many reviews for it saying it was an amazing film. I had saw so many things talking about how, you know, it was provocative. It was risky it had a lot of controversial moments. So I really wanted to see it, including when it came from a director, Paul Thomas Anderson, which I'll be honest, I haven't really seen so too much of him, but he is considered one of the best actors we have in the game today. So I was like, let me go ahead and watch this movie. It'll be a really fun treat for me after watching uh, the movie that I just came from American Underdog. So for that, uh, you know what I had to do I had to go ahead and get my Waffle House Because I love me some fucking Waffle House Got me my two waffles, my eggs And then I went ahead and went to the Green Hill Cinema Where I went to go watch this film With a crowd of a good amount of people uh, Next to me was these two old white women <laughs> and, Like real old Like like Think of like that commercial The Wendy's commercial uh, They were talking about like where is the meat, where is the beef, whatever it, They were that old And uh, next to me was a young couple Which Kind of made me sad because I was like, damn, no one's with me. I'm just here by myself. But I had my popcorn, so I was all good to go. I don't need anybody except my damn food. So I was fine. Uh, but I watched this film. And. Uh, fam, there's so many things to talk about from this. Like, oh, my God, this film was ridiculous. And I want to be able to give you guys a chance to, to, to hear my reactions to it. If you've heard about this movie if you've watched it all right here's my reaction to it so you guys can feel like okay he's talking good shit or whatever if you've never watched this film it's gonna be some spoilers in in it i'm sorry i'm just gonna have to say some things um yeah man this movie was ridiculous man and i'm actually gonna go ahead and play the trailer to licorice pizza because i want you guys to kind of get a good feeling of what it was all about and just the premise of the film and Oh fuck! And it—it's basically this whole film, and I, I set it up before I get while I get the trailer running. This whole film is a coming-to-age love story uh, about this girl and this other boy. 
But here's a twist The girl Is not a girl The girl is a woman The woman's 26 And that boy Is 15 At this point You're probably already Wanting me to tell you Straight up This Shut the fuck up Oh hold on Let me stop this real quick Shut the fuck up Yeah You want me to tell me To shut the fuck up And not tell you anymore Because that is pedophilia My guy And You're right (laughs) But it gets interesting down the road, man. And I, I got to tell you what's up with this film, man. It's crazy. But let's go ahead and get the trailer going for this film, Licorice Pizza. And we'll be back with my review slash discussion. Let's get into it. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair I'm at the girl I'm going to marry one day But her mommy is yelling no Daddy has told her to go. Listen, young lady. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. So how'd you become such a hot shot after? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view. Wow, 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 wow. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, but stray sand. Sand. But the film is a sad thing for. This is fate that brought us together. But she's lived it ten times or more. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. They're not my director. They ask her to focus on. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See you tomorrow. I just want to go ahead and point out that uh, I don't condone the bullshit that happens here in this film. So please, <laughs> FBI, don't come after me. Please don't. Don't. I just want to watch good filmmaking. All right, let's get to it. I think it's weird to hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. Forget you. Just like you're not gonna forget me. Rosa! Oh, camera! Oh, camera B. That was the trailer for Licorice Pizza. And like I said, I don't condone any of the bullshit that happens here in this film. I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, (laughs) I I have to say that because the premise of this film is so freaking problematic. That is the first thing that I'll say about this film. Right out the gate. Uh, A film, a romance, coming to age story about a 26-year-old 
starting to fall in love with this 15 year old boy. It is so freaking weird. And I'm telling you right now, if it was the other way around, if it was a 15 year old girl and a 26 year old man, that would be not, that would not be condoned here. It would not get the nominations it's getting right now. It would not be getting the praise from the critics. And that is just something that we just got to say right now. Okay. That, that is something that we have to just put out there because that shit is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be real right now. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, I just want to put that out there because that is very important information, especially when it comes down to talking about a film. Uh, just talking about a film that, again, it's getting all these praise from critics because of its director. And we'll get into more why it's getting this prey. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit throughout this review, but we'll get to this big underlying reason, I think, that some other people have been saying. But um, one of the things in this film, besides its premise, is just what the story revolves around. And the story, you know, again, revolves this budding relationship between this little, you know, this high school boy and this 26-year-old woman uh, named Alana Kane, who's played by Alana Haim, uh, and the boy who's Gary Valentine played by Cooper Hoffman. Uh, and you know, to be real, I will say this, it cuts some slack. The film does revolve a little bit more on Alana Kane and just what's going on with her and, and kind of, you know, expands more into that story rather than just being, Oh, this is just a romance film in this film. We're, you know, we're met with Alana Kane, who's 26 years old. She's working at this photography business that's taking, you know, pictures of like these high schoolers or like just school photos. And she's pretty much at a rut in her life because she's still living with her family, you know, her mother, father and her you know sisters who's pr- doing pretty well besides her. And, you know, she meets Gary Valentine, who's 15 years old, problematic. But here's the other twist. He's an actor and he's a go getter. Well, a go-getter. Um, I guess you could say that he's kind of like a hustler at a, in a way where he's just doing his thing. He's, you know, trying to find the next big thing to make him a lot of money and stay relevant out there in the world. And throughout this film, you're seeing these different types of misadventures, but also you're kind of seeing the mindset of not only Gary, but Alana as she keeps going through this whole entire relationship. Um, I'm a, I'll put it out right there. Alana doesn't really Alana's problematic because at one point she's like, I don't want to mess with this dude with this boy because this can give me a lot of trouble. But the problem is, is that she still, you know, answers to his advances. And throughout this entire film, you're just like the easiest solution. The easiest ending to this film is to just like, I'm 26 year old, 26 years old. You're 15. I ain't doing this shit. Have a great day. But no, she keeps doing this with this boy. And like, even though that's problematic, the film does revolve into like, what's going on with her mindset? Why is she doing this? What's going on with her life in general? Like, how is she interacting with certain characters? And I think that's the real interesting part with the film that kind of grabs my attention and I'll just say it right now, Alana Haim, who plays as Alana Kane, she's a great act- actress, including with Cooper Hoffman. If I got to talk about the cast of this entire film, the cast here is awesome. 
I, I do like it. You have, you know, the two people I just mentioned, you have Bradley Cooper who plays John Peters, who we will definitely talk about in a minute. Uh, we got George DiCaprio, who's the father of Leonardo DiCaprio, John C. R- uh, Riley, uh, Ray Chase. You know, you got a pretty good cast here. And in all of the performances throughout this entire film, and that's and this is going to be one of the biggest reasons why I think it's getting praise, is that the acting here is superb. I think everyone here does a good job of what they do, and they really grab your attention through their actions and just how they interact with one another. Gary Valentine, played by Cooper Hoffman, Gary is 15, but he acts like a sly 30 year old dude. He acts like one of the characters in this film who's like real, who plays a, a real smooth guy. And then he also is just like, he's just very like, I get charismatic, I guess you would say like very, very charismatic. And that really grabs on a lot of, and it's just like, yeah, a lot of should not be, uh, you know, going to these advances. But I think one of the things that's making her go is that she's so infatuated, but so curious into how this 15 year old dude, this 15 year old boy is able to get all of this money, all of this notoriety in this small city and is able to do all these cool things that she really wants to do. And that goes into this whole big point in the film that I think Alana is attached to Gary and infatuated with him because she, he is everything she's not. And that is a real interesting point. That's like, this goes way farther into this father, into this, uh, you know, story about pedophilia, which I don't condone that shit. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's an interesting plot point. (laughs) It's a real interesting thing because it kind of goes into this whole topic of, you're dating someone or you meet somebody uh, and they're doing much better in life with you. And you look at your life and it's just like, damn, like how, what does this person see in me? And what makes me so lucky for this, for me to be attractive to this other person who I'm, you know, pursuing and I'm attracted to, but I just don't want to. And that's an inter- a really interesting story that they pull it, put in into this very obscure plot. Um, you know, and we'll go into the story throughout this entire film. You know, you have these different misadventures of what Alana and Gary go through. Gary had, you know, after acting, I guess you would say, and this would be a little spoiler. Uh, Gary's acting career is kind of flushing through the toilet and he's not really doing too much to really garner any attention or interest. And it's getting to a point where it's like, I don't know. Like he's like, I need to figure something out. So there's one point in the film where he starts selling waterbeds and that's a continuing thing throughout the entirety of the story until the third act. And then in the third act, he starts going to ping pong machines. And that's where I think that part, like when you go through all of that, it does seem some really interesting stories and it's funny as hell. That is one other thing, this this whole film, as problematic as it is, it is funny as hell, and it just makes you cringe up. You're like, oh, my God. Like, some of the jokes they put on here, I will say, there is one joke here that I'll talk about at the end of this review that has garnered a lot of controversy besides the pedophilia shit. But there is there are some jokes in here that are cop-out jokes, but there are other jokes in here that are funny. There are other jokes in here that are so hilarious because they're because what they're based out of and it's it's crazy. Uh, I was talking about Bradley Cooper, and I'm gonna mention him right now. Bradley Cooper plays John Peters, and John Peters 
Bradley Cooper is playing a character who's ba- based off of someone who's real life, John Peters. And if you don't know who he is, he is a as a known producer in Hollywood who, if you don't know who this guy is, I'm going to pull him up and, and do a little snippet of him. Uh, damn it. Who's the guy who did Clerks? I can't remember. Um, but the guy who did Clerks talked about how he wanted to do a Superman movie. Oh, it was Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith goes on this whole thing about John Peters and how when Kevin Smith was on the role, was on the part of trying to write a script for this new Superman film, uh, John Peters was like, I want to do all of this and I'm going to play a snippet of it because the story is insane. And I, after watching this film, knowing it was that guy, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And the thing is, is that he started out as Barbara Streisand's uh, hairdresser. So we're going to get into in a, a second. business. He used to be Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. And there you go. He goes, it's pending approval of the producer. I said, who's the producer? And they said, John Peters. I said, um, all right, what do I got to do? They're like, you got to go meet with him. I said, okay. Now, John Peters, if you don't know, uh, he's a producer on movies. Like, he, he was an exec producer, or producer name only on Rain Man. He was a producer on Batman. Um, he was a producer on the main event, the Barbra Streisand boxing movie. <laughs> Which is how he got his start in the business. He used to be Barbra Streisand's hairdresser. And then one day he became a producer because in Hollywood, you just kind of fail upwards. And that's how it is, man. It's based off the real life character of, of John Peters. That's what Bradley Cooper plays as. And I have to be real. I think even though he plays it a little bit over the top, I thought that was the funniest part of the film because Bradley Cooper acts the hell as Joe acts the hell out of everybody else as John Peters. And it's so freaking funny, man. Um. Uh, yeah, man. Like that one. Like the the comedy in here is awesome, even if it's very morbid and very just risky and what the subject matter is all about. And I gotta give credit to them, man. They do a really, they do a really good job with it. Uh, another big thing, and this will probably end out all of the pros that I have of this film. But I, I think the filmmaking here is a big component. Because the filmmaking, the direction, the cinematography, they're all 10 out of 10s on my book. I think, and, it, and also the soundtrack is dope too. This movie is set in, has a, it's set in the 1970s. And, and that'll be a big component to some of my cons uh, as we go on. But the movie is set in the 1970s. And the soundtrack they put on here and the look of the film is so good. And when you have great direction from Paul T- Thomas Anderson you really start getting enthralled with it and it makes you want to sit down and just be like, I I need to watch this because it looks so good. It looks so pretty (laughs) and it's so well acted. And I think that's what rounds off why this film is so good from a lot of people's standpoint and a lot of the good things from it. Um, I think it's just it. So like in combination of the, of great acting, great filmmaking, uh, great cinematography and just interesting little character arcs and side plots. I think it's still, you know, I still, that's why I think this film, you know, isn't something to where I'm going to turn around from. And this is why I think a lot of people love this film. This is why I think it's, it's got a 90% on Metacritic, a 91% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 70% on the audience. Now I'm going to start talking about the thing that I didn't like in this film or some of the stuff. 
And I think the one thing you already noticed, it's a problematic premise. I think I, I don't I've heard arguments about how you need to put this film in a different limelight. You need to kind of like just not worry about what it's going to do. And the, like films are escapism. That's what it's all about. Films are just going to do it. You know, this is a whole thing that's just not based on reality and that you just got to let your mind go. I feel like that's a bullshit excuse. And I feel like if this was the other way around, this would cause a lot of controversy. This will cause a lot of critics to say, I'm not going to condone this shit. I'm not at all. And, and, and that's just something that I need to point out because if we're going to talk about a film where a 26 year old woman is answering to advances from a 15 year old boy, knowing that she has the personal responsibility to not answer to those advances. And then not only that gets jealous when the, when the 15 year old boy is talking to other, to other girls, his age and starts falling madly in love. And then also clinging on to him to get some money in the beginning. It's like, that's problematic as hell, man. I don't care about your escapism. That's just it. And that's a big con for me. It, it made me conflicted with this, in this entire film. I felt conflicted. There were points where like I'm watching it for the, for the comedy, for the filmmaking, for the direction, for the acting, but then towards certain parts, including towards the end, it's like you're at a point to where you feel so conflicted because you don't know if you want to either like feel like cheer or be disgusted. You're just left dumbfounded because you're like, what? And I just had to put that as one of my biggest cons. A second big con was the ending and just the character's thought process with it. I think that's what it is, man. And I think these are the only things that I had major problems with the film because there are so many there are so many good things about it, but like the main, the, the main point of the film and the premise and its message is kind of fucked up to me. And I'm also going to put in one more, one more thing. I lied. My fault. I'm putting on one more thing. There is a joke here. There are some jokes in here that are just cop out jokes. They're just like, they're so played out and they're too easy and they're ridiculous. It's one joke in here. Uh, that's made a lot of Asian Americans mad. And I, I, I laughed, but it's ridiculous, man. If I can find it, I, I'll go to you and tell you about it. But there's a scene in here where I guess some dude come, like a dude is married to like a Japanese woman. They're talking about a restaurant. And then in terms of like talking to the Japanese woman, he's talking to this Japanese accent. It's like, oh, so, 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 so sorry. So sorry. It's that type of accent. And then you listen to it and it's like, holy shit, that is so crazy and cringy. And, it's, and it makes you laugh a little bit. But then after you watch the film and then when clue when they do it the second time in the film, it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? You, you don't have to do this again. And I guess they were trying to show a point that in the 1970s, you can do so many things and not worry about it. Because it's like you get away with it. And it's a whole period piece film to where this is the 1970s. We're in 2021. Things are obviously different. It's not good right now. Still, though, man, if it's a period piece, why are we why are we saying this is the best film of the year, man? No, no. And that's it's made so many Asian-Americans angry that they're trying to boycott the film. And at first I was like, "Eh, I don't know, but I want to watch the film myself and watching the film myself. I said, and it's my big take. Licorice Pizza is a problematic film wrapped in amazing filmmaking, acting, 
uh, movie fundamentals and cinematography and a great soundtrack that makes people just blind of the real problem with it. And I'm not trying to say you shouldn't watch this film. If you want to watch it, go ahead and get your own opinion about it. I'm, I'm cool with it. But in my opinion, all that being said, I got to give this movie like a seven out of 10. You know, I can watch it for certain scenes, but for it all being what it is, not only do I think it's not one of the best films of the year, you can get it for filmmaking. It's not one of the best stories of the year, but I don't think it should be nominated. Now, if you want to nominate for like best soundtrack or like best for cinematography, go ahead. But I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to nominate it for a story or anything. I don't think it is. If you're going to go for acting, that's a little, I don't know about that either because it's a little weird. I don't know. Like what if uh, Alana Haim gets nominated for best actress or best, you know, best actress in this film. And it's like, I, I don't know how to feel about that. So yeah, man, we just had to, I just had to put that out there, but Yes, that is my review slash discussion of Licorice Pizza. I just needed to put that out there because this film was crazy, but there are some other things I liked about it. I just got to put it out there. But let's go ahead and get going with our with our next uh, review out there with American Underdog after this commercial break. We're going to be playing some good-ass music. Again, if you want to listen to this good-ass copyrighted music, go ahead and download Station Head. Get the app. Follow the Midnight Drop. You'll listen to some good stuff. But here's some good stuff from our other catalogs from the Roadcaster Pro. But here is Let It Burn from Jasmine Sullivan. Peace.
was your good old music from the roadcaster and also let it burn from jasmine Solomon on our good commercial break over here oh man this is some good ass music i'm gonna play this music a little bit more so y'all can good hear this good stuff from jasmine Solomon. here we go Had to go ahead and get that out there in the way. That's some good ass Jasmine selling Let It Burn. That's a throwback, fam. I can't believe we're at the point now to where like, like songs like this are like such a throwback. Because I know this came out. I guess I don't know what year this came, this song came out at. It's weird. I have to look that up. But whatever the case may be, some of y'all y'all listen to this recording. Y'all like Jasmine Sullivan. What the fuck you talking about, Jasmine Sullivan? <laughs> nah, man. That's you on station head I'm not I'm gonna repeat one more time go ahead and get station head and listen to this good ass song see now over here dazed and confused like what the fuck is he lit talking about first he was talking about J. Cole now he's talking about Jasmine Sullivan what the hell <laughs> but yeah here we are with our next quick movie review American Underdog which I gotta set this scene up for you as well um uh, so basically, this is before I went to go see Licorice Pizza, and this was after I'd been some movies on HBO Max, and I wanted to get out the house, and I ended up going to my local movie theater, AMC 8 on Antioch. I don't like that movie theater. I think that movie theater is trash. It used to be just, like, trash, but it's cool to go to if you're just trying to watch a quick movie with some other people, because they used to have, like, these $4 Tuesdays, and then... Well, it was $1 Tuesdays, and it was $4 throughout the entire week, and it was awesome. The ticket prices were low as hell. Uh, but over time, uh, just they remodel it. Af- even after uh, this huge crime that happened over there, the guy just threw an axe at people and killed others. It was a terrible story. And you remodeled it to where it was brand spanking new. Now you got to pay $12.12 12, $12. $12 for a ticket. That's expensive-ass food. It looked really nice because they had the really nice reclining chairs that everyone gets. Uh, But now it's a little worse because now we had COVID. We got high schoolers running the whole damn movie theater. Uh, Food all over the fucking floor. Lights are dim. It's crazy, man. I don't like that movie theater. But I had to get out and it was the closest time to watch a film that I wanted to watch, which was American Underdog. I'm going to make this quick because... This film does. There's not too much to say about this film. It's a simple Christian. Oh, it's a simple biopic. I was gonna say Christian. I'll get to that. For me, I came in thinking it was a simple football biopic about one of the greatest undrafted uh, NFL players of all time. But what it ended up being was a great football biopic movie of one of the greatest undrafted NFL players of all time, Kurt Warner. That also happened to be a a Christian a Christian film, a Christian backed film. And <laughs> I, I have no problem with that, but my whole huge fear with it is that I thought it was going to bog, bog down, like how much Kurt Warner loves God and everything. And I was like, I don't know about that. And so far it didn't do that. So like I said before, uh, this film is all about Kurt Warner. He was an undrafted NFL player, who ended up playing for the Rams 
for a couple years and then ended up playing for the Cardinals, went to two Super Bowls, won the first one with the Rams, lost the second one against the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was with the Cardinals. And this story is really just talking about how he got to the Rams, how he got back into the NFL. And it's always an interesting story because when you look back at it, you're always thinking like this is a this is something that producers want to take and just be like we need to make a movie out of this or just make a really be- a New York Times bestselling book, and I, I guess this is this is it this is it and I'm not gonna waste any time. Uh, Kurt Warner is played by Zachary Levi, and yeah, man, it's an interesting film that I wanted to go into because I'm a big NFL fan. I didn't I. Ah, what I said, girl. No, I didn't grow. I grew up knowing who Kurt Warner is, but not really caring until I cared more about football. And this is where we got. You also got other people like Anna Paquin and Dennis Quaid, who I'll get into later. But here is the trailer for American Underdog. Go ahead and check it out right now. Destiny belongs to the underdogs. You want to prove? I feel alive, kind of like how I feel right now. I'm staying here. I got work to do. Work? The NFL's not going to draft some dude from the 1AA school in Iowa. There were other offers. I called every team in the NFL. No one's interested. Can I get one of your applications? I promised that I would take care of you and the kids. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. This is your dream? Don't give up on it. Yeah, I didn't pick me. I pick you. I pick you too. Kurt Warner. You got the whole package, kid. And the world just needs more time to see it. He came up with this whole arena concept. Arena football. It's like a circus. People love the circus. I like the circus. You pay me for touchdown? I also pay you to win. Oh, that's going to be fun. Hey, Kurt. We've been trying to reach you. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm with the Rams. This guy's old. Slow as molasses. He's beneath the standards of this franchise. That's what people said about me when I came here. All those years gave you something that others didn't have. Media ready for this moment. Kurt Warner out of the Arena League. It's one of those stories that's too good for the movies. The perfect guy here. He was bagging groceries five years ago. You go out there and you show the world what I've known all along. You were born for this. This is my time. I know who I am and I know why I'm here. And that was the trailer for American Underdog. Oh, shit. Well, I grew up in a... Don't know what that was. What was that? Oh, this is this is a whole thing about Kurt and Brenda Warner, which will... That'll be kind of like the big things about this film, but I never watched that trailer, so I didn't expect them to go ahead and talk about this show, the entire fucking film. That is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was the entire film. Except for some other details. It's a typical biopic. It's nothing crazy. You know, you have Zachary Levi who plays at Kurt Warner and a Paquin who plays as Brenda Warner. And it talks about his upbringing from all the way from 
playing for University of Northern Iowa, all the way to playing for the Arena Football League for the Iowa Barnstormers, to playing in his first game in Super Bowl with the uh, St. Louis Rams, who are right now the L.A. Rams. Uh, sorry, St. Louis fans. I know that you still sting from that bullshit. Uh, the good things to talk about this film is that Zachary Levi and Anna Paquin and the actors here are pretty good. Not every actor here. I'm going to get into that with some of the cons, but your main people, Zachary Levi, and Anna Paquin, they're cool. Uh, you really get some, get these really cool performances. And even though I was a little bit afraid of Zachary Levi's accent, uh, his country accent and everything, it, he, he does pull it off and he does do a good job here. Um, one of the biggest pluses in this film was the football. I will say this. Every time they got to the football, I genuinely got excited and surprised because sometimes in football and sports films, the sports are not played well. And I thought for a Christian film like this, they weren't going to care for the football. No, they cared a whole lot about it. And when you see him play really in like the eight in the arena football league, that's when you get really excited about watching it. And you're like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. I actually appreciate this. This is awesome. And man, I, I would just say this right now. Uh, this make me want the arena football league to come back. It was actually really cool to see that in action. And I'm really sad that it's gone now. I think it went defunct defunct in 2019. Uh, then when we get to the NFL, I thought it was real cool. I thought what they were doing over here with some of the actors, some of the extras playing as these players. I thought it was cool. I don't know who played Marshall Falk, but God damn, he actually looked like he was Marshall Falk in turn. <laughs> Falk. Did I say fuck? Falk. <laughs> Falk. <laughs> but no, he looked like Marshall Falk as, um, <laughs> uh, as the player right there in terms of his speed. And it was really dope, man. Uh, I will say towards the end, some of the football seemed a little choppy as they went back and forth with old footage. And that was the thing I was worried about, but the amount of money they put into this film was cool. I think that was really nice. Uh, I did think Brenda and Kurt's story was pretty cute. I think it was nice, even though I have some problems with it that I'll get into. Uh, I thought it was nice and that was it. Some of the problems I had with this film and I'll make it quick because it's no too big a deal of a movie is that, it follows the same formula as a biopic where you see this one person who is, you know, down on his luck. He's really trying hard. He's a heart of gold uh, is get given unfair chances. You think it's going to be great hits with, you know, tragedy or whatever, which I guess in terms is like his first breakup or Brenda's, you know, parents die from a tornado uh, and, you know, gives an opportunity and it comes up and it's just like you're working hard and then gets his big break and it's awesome. And I this this like I guess the only thing it didn't fall into the trope of is just like the main character gets into drugs. I think for here they're trying to say the AFL is kind of like drugs, but I don't think so. That's the only thing it doesn't follow. And I think with some of those tropes, you also get some things that are really annoying, like the black sidekick, which I tried to look up and see, was he a real guy that Kurt Warner was best friends with? I don't know. But to me, I was like, that's annoying. And his acting really wasn't that good at all. It was like, it was okay in some parts, but other parts, it was like, it was like, uh, you don't really need it. This is when I was like, yeah, this acting's not that good. Like, there's one point where he goes to the TV, sees Kurt Warner. He sees one player get hurt. He's like, oh, my God. And it's like, why are you going that crazy for a player getting injured? Like, Jesus. And 
you know, you get some of this bad acting from the extras too. Uh, some of the other things I didn't like was that there were so many missed opportunities with what they could have done with the story with Kurt Warner and his time in the AFL, especially when they spent so much time in there. It, they really focused on Kurt, Brenda, the coach, his black sidekick, and that was it. They had some lines from another player, but that was it. Everybody else was just there to play some football. And I kind of found out annoying because you would, in real life, Kurt Warner played with this team for three years. In, in arena football league for three years, you would kind of want to get a sense of what, what it was like over there. Even if the film changes some of the events to where he plays for one year instead of three, because I got to go through the biopic formula. Um, but that was it, man. And, and there were some instances where they, they were flying past some situations like his time with the Packers. My whole thing is that they were probably trying to show like how fast you can get cut because the story with him is that he goes undrafted, he gets a deal with the Packers, but they cut him after two days. And it's just like, mm. and that scene really made me upset too. Not because he got cut so fast. It's just how he got cut because I don't think that's realistic. I don't think how that was going was realistic. And that's when it was just like, this is, this is getting cheesy. Uh, one of the other things I didn't like about this film was that, well, I didn't like was that there was at one point uh, they're trying to show up. They're trying to say like, oh, Kurt Warner's there's something up with him. He didn't do a thing. And you're thinking at one point it's like, you got to stay in the pocket. Um, <laughs> and he ends up saying like, I'm a leader. I'm going to do everything. But my problem is just like, why are you going to stay in the pocket if you know that in every three levels, except for the, in both levels of AFL and in college, except for NFL, your your offensive line stinks. And I guess they're trying to show this message like you don't trust anybody, but he does trust people. There's a point where it's just like, are you going to marry Brenda? Are you going to be committed? Yes. And he does. And they're just like, you failed, Kurt. You failed. It's like, no, you did. No, he did it. What are you talking about? And that was the part where it says it just got me confused. It was it was stupid. They were trying to do something. But it's like Kurt Warner is like a heart of gold. He does nothing wrong. And you're trying to say he's flawed. Like, can you give us more reasons why he didn't get in? Like, maybe he was not as athletic or maybe he didn't have a great arm or whatever. I don't know. And I feel like they didn't really go into it. They more went into the aspect of the relationship and his faithfulness to God and, and just where he was at and just not really the, the fine details of what, of what made him an outlier from the rest of the draft class and just what made him an outlier to getting cut. And that got annoying. Um, if there's, if, if there's something to wrap up with this review with this film is that I feel like American underdog uh, as a biopic itself is a six out of 10. It's none too crazy. It's some that you can watch one time and say, okay, cool. But if this is for like a Christian film, I feel like this is a really well-produced, well-directed Christian film that I think if you're somebody who wants to get a message, it's cool and it's great. And it, you can pluck some scenes out here for some football direction and everything, because I really liked it. Like there were like, literally there are points where when they, came off in the football i was like oh but when it get back it's like, oh shit and maybe in a football fan of me but i don't know but yeah i'm gonna give this quick review of american underdog a six out of ten it, there's nothing too much to go into a big discussion because it is what it is i was the only person in that mo- in that motherfucking movie theater and I, I i can't say this movie i don't think made a lot of money to box office man that's what it is but we're gonna go ahead and go into our next commercial break with Wants and Needs by Lil, by Drake and Lil Baby. And then for you guys out here listening, 
you can go ahead and get on it with our Roadcaster sound playlist, my guy. Which, yep, we got right there. So, yeah, this is the Midnight Drop. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll get on to our next discussion topic. But this is it. See you guys in a little bit. Peace. Midnight Drop playlist for you right there. We're going to go ahead and get into our next subject of the matter today here on the Midnight Drop. And that is going to be on how I feel about the MCU for this year. And how do I feel about it last year a little bit? I know it's an interesting discussion to kind of round things off a little bit. I know it's it's really cool to kind of think about, you know, superhero films of the year and stuff. Uh, including for the one of the biggest franchises, Marvel slash Disney. And yo, man, let's just be real. Last year, Marvel got into its bag with TV shows, TV specials, 
and some new ideas for their films, man. It wasn't the best. There are some risks taken. And we saw the results and there it is, man. And I just want to go ahead and quickly talk about that a little bit because I thought it's just interesting to get into uh, what Marvel has gone through and what they're going through in the future with this year of slates of films and TV shows. Uh, and let's kind of start it off with just what did Marvel do? So Marvel kicked off their new phase, phase four, after starting or after finishing uh, three phases worth of films and storytelling that led to an incredible finale, uh, which was a two-parter, Infinity War and Endgame. And so many people loved those films. You may have one or two haters, but so many people loved those films. And after it ended, everyone was like, okay, so now what? And at this point, at this point, we were just like, okay, they can't go anything further than that, right? This is going to be kind of stagnant. And they said, well, we have some things up our sleeve. Well, first of all, we have a new outline that we're going to go through, a new path, a new phase, phase four, that we're going to go in with not only movies, but TV shows. And, you know, with that, we ended up having some really cool things. Like one of our first shows was WandaVision. And then afterwards, we had Captain, we had uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, or I can say Captain America and Winter Soldier, whatever. And, uh... We also had Loki coming in. Uh, I think to round it all off, we had What If, our first MCU animated series. And then we ended up having Hawkeye, which was pretty dope. And in terms of movies, we ended up getting Black Widow, which was delayed like crazy. Uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. I recently did a top five best superhero films and top five worst superhero films. And I have said to myself that I think that out of all the stuff that I talked about, Spider-Man, no way home, Shang-Chi were my best superhero films of the year. While black widow was more of less black widow was more of less like a runner up. Like it was honorable mention. It was okay. And then my worst film was eternals. And if I have to go into TV shows, I think the best TV show for me was, I think it honestly has to be, uh, it it honestly has to be a tie between Loki and WandaVision. And I think that, oh, give me one second. I think it also gets into, like, I think after that tie, it's either WandaVision or Loki, but afterwards it's Falcon and Winter Soldier Hawkeye and then what if and I think what Marvel did last year again it was a lot of risk and I think they went out pretty well some of them were are very much a debate but I think they did a pretty good job one of the things we've noticed is that they're trying to go full force into the multiverse and so far they're doing a pretty good job but my biggest worry with the multiverse is that they're going to try to use it as a way to bring in these nice cameos and references to all these other old Marvel movies and TV shows we've seen back in the 2000s, the early 2010s, uh, and also in the 80s and the 90s. And as great as that is to see that because everything is connected, one of the things that we're afraid of is that you don't really write it too well. And one of my, like, we're we're lucky that we have gotten some good writers for like Spider-Man No Way Home because that was an amazing film. 
But what if we got into multiverse of madness and it's like, eh, they, they just bring in everything. And right now the rumors are saying that it's a big, uh, it's a big celebration of Marvel. And I'm, and I'm worried that they're just going to nostalgia bait this shit, but it's Marvel. So we're like, my, my, my worries are a little bit tempered. My worries are still there. But besides the multiverse, they really went hard with trying to say, let's give TV shows and movies to characters that didn't really get that much limelight before or we don't really know at all. And with Shang-Chi, it was a great hit. There were people out there who are alt-right conservatives, people who just don't like diversity, people who are always skeptic about it, uh, skeptics about it. Who were just like, this movie's going to bomb because of COVID and because of what it is. And the movie ended up being one of the biggest winners in the box office 2021. Uh, the story was awesome. The action was freaking amazing. Uh, the acting was cool. You can say what you want about the third act. I feel like it was a big CGI fight, but it was still really cool. And then you have movies like Eternals that, pay, that took this big risk. And you're like, I don't know about that, fam. I really don't know because that I might have to do a discussion with that with somebody else, with some other people we have on the show. But that film to me, I put in like number five as my worst superhero films of 2021 because of the, the plot was so convoluted and there were so many great things about it, but it's like, uh, I don't know, man, especially with that runtime. And then with the shows kind of getting into that, I think, what made what if my last in the last place, even though I watched that with a lot of intent, uh, I felt like it was so wait it was wasted potential because of you go into taking this risk of animated, you know, this animated TV show, but you make it only like 20, you make it only like 18, 28 minutes. And it's, you kind of leave some stuff out that would have been really interesting. Now that you look back at it. And I think what also with like, I guess with like a Falcon and winter soldier, there are some things about it where it's just like street level shit. I, I, I just really wasn't feeling it as much as all these other shows. Not to say that they were bad. They were good, but so many things could have been done to fix them. But I think with 2021 Marvel, they did good, a, a good job with establishing that these are the things that we're going to go. These are the routes we're taking. And these are the big risks that we're taking as well. And that following into 2022, First of all, they ended 2021 with a bang with Spider-Man. That was freaking awesome. But following into 2022, uh, one of the first properties we're getting rumored is Moon Knight. And I'm interested in that. That's going to be one of our uh, big properties that people wanted to see that we're finally getting on on streaming services. And that's going to be cool. People are worried because it's like it's it's going to be Disneyfied. We don't know. Uh, we're going to get a TV show e- series of Echo, one of the characters from the Hawkeye series. Uh, we're going to get Miss Marvel. It's And we're going to get season two of What If, season two of Loki. It's going to be real interesting. And then with the movie side, we're getting some big ass movies this year. We're getting Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, which I feel like that's kind of like Spider-Man No Way Home in terms of the big multiverse film. And where everyone's going to be hyped. There's going to be so many rumors. And then we got Thor, Love and Thunder. The anticipated fourth fourth entry into the Thor series. And see what's going on. And then we have 
Wakanda, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which I'm going to be honest, I don't feel too good about that film after Letitia Wright, Chadwick Boseman died, rest in peace, with the numerous rewrites that Ryan Coogler has talked about. I really don't know if that film is going to be as good as the first Black Panther. I really don't know. And that first Black Panther was awesome to me. I don't care. I know I'm black. I know it's biased. I don't give. I don't care about them PS2 graphics. That film was fire. But yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know about how that film's going to go. I may be missing something else, but they also announced all these other TV shows that are coming into Disney Plus. And I'm just like, I don't. I really don't know about that, man. So, yeah, like 2022 Marvel, one of my big things that I don't want them to do is that I don't want them to use the multiverse as a big crutch to just get away with telling a good story. I don't want them to bullshit it because that could be a sign of just really bad writing because I know that properties, other properties are going to use the multiverse to just get away with being creative and stories and stuff. It's going to be the next big of a Hollywood thing for corporate, you know, for corporate Hollywood, I guess like Warner brothers has already done that with space jam two last year. And it was just no. And I don't want Marvel to, to fall into this trap. Another thing is that I want Marvel to still take some of these risks because I don't want them to go through the same Marvel formula. That's one big thing because we've seen it in mostly all their films, but also let's not bullshit characters that need more respect. I know you bullshitted black widow. And that was one of my biggest complaints about is that that film felt so out of place in phase four. It should have been placed in like phase two or phase three. You should have fleshed that out more. And Hawkeye getting a series this late is just ridiculous. So please give love to some of these characters and let's really continue rolling the ball on doing some really cool stuff with these characters as well, man. Let's, let's keep doing that. Um, one of my most anticipated Marvel uh, IPs, it's definitely uh, Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Wakanda Forever, and then I'm really interested in what they're going to do with Moon Knight, man. I'm really interested in what's going to happen. I would say Loki could be in part of that too because the story with it is awesome, but we have to see Multiverse of Madness, see what's up. But no, man, that's just a quick discussion real quick because I just wanted to get that out. I just wanted to go ahead and get that real quick and just say what's up with it. Well, we're going to get into our last commercial break before we go ahead and end the show because I am running late for some things. So this is the next song to play us out for our next commercial break until we get going. And that is Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe by Kendrick Lamar. That's one of my fucking favorites for you people out there listening to the recorded show. Here is another taste of some smooth jazz or whatever you guys got going. I got to put some more music on here. But here it is, man. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. I'm Station Head. Go ahead and download if you want to listen to that good copyrighted music. And go ahead and have a good time with this music we got here on the Roadcaster. This is the Station Head. Peace.
that is it tonight for the midnight drop. I know that you guys had a lot of good stuff with us today. Ooh, let me go ahead and turn this down a little bit, actually. I know you guys had a lot of good stuff with us today, and I know that you guys are really happy we're coming in for a brand new episode. I know I said I was going to give it to some some movie trailers today and probably kind of have some more talking, but we're kind of running a little bit late with some things, and I want to get some other stuff going on. So we'll be back with a brand new episode actually tomorrow, and we'll have some more movie reviews for you, hopefully, especially for that new movie, Scream. But until then, you can go ahead and follow the podcast on official underscore TMD podcast on Instagram. You can go ahead and follow the website at www.themidnightdrop.com. Again, that's www.themidnightdrop.com. And you can also let us know what you want to hear just by DMing, DMing us on Instagram. Here's my personal Instagram account, 615 underscore chill. And we have more episodes coming through the way every two days or so, or just however we're feeling. Uh, leave a comment, like us, subscribe, tell us how we're doing. You can listen to us on all the platforms where you can listen to us. And you can go ahead and follow and just let us know what's up. If you want to be a guest, DM us, contact us. We'll leave it down in the description. It is what it is. But we're going to go out and play out. We have family ties with Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar as we go ahead and end this recording for right here on Recorded Show. Let us know how you feel with everything going on. And we'll be right back at you with a brand new episode. Stay blessed, stay safe, stay you, and stay you, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's the Midnight Drop. Peace.